Welcome to Gone Fishing, a show diving into cybersecurity threats that surround our highly connected lives. Human vulnerability is almost completely ignored in the security awareness space. But why is that? Every human is different. Every person has unique vulnerabilities that expose them to potentially successful social engineering. It's time to change the focus and bring it back to the human factor. On this show, we'll discuss human vulnerability and how it relates to unique individuals. Assessing the constantly evolving human risk is how we make our company safer and more secure. I'm Connor Swalm, CEO of FinSecurity, and welcome to Gone Fishing. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Gone Fishing. I'm your host, Connor, the CEO at Fin, and I am joined once again by the big jerk in the channel with a giant bucket of rocks. Also, Moonlights is the president of CNWR, Jason Slegel. Jason, how are you doing today? I'm good. If you haven't watched the first episode, go do that, uh, because that's where you'll understand the reference uh, that I just made. And I I, I don't know that I want Jason trying to explain that again. So today we're going to talk about actual security topic, not just the shirts that we print, which are also very good. Uh, Third-party risks. So what is a third-party risk? What's the definition? Let's start there for the folks. Yeah, so I consider third-party risk... uh, Supply chain risks are basically risks that come from vendors that you happen to use or even vendors of your vendors. Or, you know, if you develop software like Finn, uh, you, the, the third party risk could be uh, the downstream components that you end up bundling into your software package. Oh, yeah. So for those of you who maybe don't understand software, the software you write is often comprised of other pieces of software that other people have written. And if there is a vulnerability in any one of those little tiny pieces of software, you know, I immediately go to uh, node modules, uh, node packages. Um, If there's a vulnerability in one of those, well, like millions of people use those. So there's a big problem. But that would make our app vulnerable as well. Yep. There, there, and there's a really a couple of really famous examples of that on the software side, one of which was, uh, I forget what the actual name of the package was, but this was like a, basically a pretty print or some sort of other utility function, uh, a node module that had been abandoned by the author. Somebody took over the GitHub channel, uh, released a new version of it, and actually made this new version of it uh, specifically to steal crypto wallets from one particular crypto exchange. And as it turns out, that software package via a dependency of a dependency of a dependency, like four or, four or six levels deep, ended up getting pulled into every single React app that was out on the internet, right? So uh, it, it's it's definitely in some of the ecosystems, and I pick on JavaScript a lot because it's, it's big there. Uh, in some of those ecosystems, there are... Dozens, if not hundreds. I think there's like 400 packages when you type React up that you end up getting from Node. Uh, yep. uh, so yeah, that's that's third party risk. They're not the only third party risk uh, on our side of the house. Like as an MSP, uh, third party risk would be like you know my vendors, you know Fin, like your third party risk to me, ConnectWise, uh, other other vendors that I happen to use. So if a vendor gets compromised, then you have the potential to get compromised. And we saw that with the Kaseya VSA hack. A hundred percent. Yeah, we, we saw that. And they're not always that bad, right? So like right. from my perspective, it's like you're a relatively low risk to me, although not a zero risk because you have the unique ability to inject mail into Office 365 <laughs> boxes. So the power you use for good 
could be used for a ridiculously large amount of evil because you bypass everything. It just injects stuff straight into the mailbox. So uh, that is a risk that I consider when I allowed that. Yep. Well, that's uh, that's also why we have separate privileges for the user sync yep. and the mail injection. Is that was the feedback we got probably from you actually? Now that I mention it, probably that was funny. Yeah. Hey, there's a way to separate these. You should probably take it. It was probably from Kelvin, <laughs> but yes, I uh, would have mentioned the same thing. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's really interesting. Uh, that's actually one of the reasons we started Finn was like, wow, fishing people is really fun. Let's just not go to jail for it. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, <laughs> okay, uh, we can make we we can do this in the sake of preventing social engineering. That's why we started. So think let's think about two different groups of people. Yeah. Um, there's the end, I want to call it like the end client. And there's MSPs and then there's the MSPs clients. How does third-party risk impact them differently? How should they be thinking about it? Uh, in, they impact both groups in different but related ways, right? So from an end user perspective, uh, the MSP is a third-party risk, right? Like, and yeah, they have their down chain, downstream chain of things, right? But if you're hiring an MSP, you have to understand that you're only ever going to be as secure. So I'm, I'm on the end user side here. You're only ever going to be as secure as that MSP is, right? Because that MSP in in most cases carries all of the keys to every one of your boxes, right? They have passwords. They may have vendor management and vendor engagements. They have access uh, to your email and all of the boxes inside of it, right? And, you know, sometimes companies get a little uncomfortable about that. It's like, well, you can read your email. I'm like, yeah, and you think I got better things to do than maybe reading your email. Like it's, it, it comes with an implicit level of trust, right? But as an end user, you really need to consider that. Uh, more importantly, uh, that's not the only third-party risk. Like a thing that we find very commonly, uh, especially with certain software industries is uh, uh, your line of business vendor may have their own remote software, remote support software that they're using for their own management. Right, like, and so you have the third-party risk of whatever their security, uh, their security instances are. And we had, uh, we definitely saw cases, especially with the Kaseya hack, where people weren't even using Kaseya, and they had systems compromised because some line of business software vendor, like a cash register vendor or something, happened to have remote access to these systems to to monitor and maintain just that one piece of software. But those agents based on the, the permissions that they're, they have to have to run, uh, had essentially full access to the systems. Uh, I don't expect most end users to necessarily be able to understand that risk, right? So it's, it's on us, I think, as providers to try to educate them uh, with the risk of like, hey, there is risk in hiring me, right? Like, but uh, there's also risk with all the other things too. And it's my job to help you manage, to manage my own risk and then to help you manage that risk for other places. Uh, for MSPs, uh, this is uh, when you came. You guys came looking for topics for me to talk about. I brought this up because I feel like MSPs recently use this as a scapegoat, right? They uh, yeah. the the vendors are the boogeyman. Ah, oh, you know the vendors are going to get me hacked. Yeah, I mean we can talk about that, but something like I don't know, upwards more than seventy percent of breaches at MSPs. I I haven't looked at the latest data, uh, but as of like the end of 22, still something like 83% of breaches, uh, uh, full MSP breaches were traced back to credential reuse of some sort or, you know, weak passwords or some sort of uh, identity authentication kind of thing, right? And we are seeing third-party supply chain risks. 3CX, there we go. Perfect example, yep. right? Like we're seeing uh, 3CX is a third-party supply chain risk that got, you know, potentially could have gotten a bunch of people compromised. Uh, but those were generally 
the risk to MSPs is much more their own internal weaknesses of policies than it's going to be some sort of third party that's going to get you popped because those third party bugs and risks, they're worth millions of dollars and no one is burning that O'Day right, to, to take over a handful of MSPs, right? These are nation right. state actors that are targeting very specific people, right? They're not targeting, you know, the mom and pop <clears throat> MSP that's got 50 customers and manages 500 endpoints. Yeah, you might get, uh, I, I always forget who says it. So if you know, I'd love to attribute this quote to them. You're not small enough to get hacked. You're too small to make the news. I think it may have been Wes. Wes? Yeah. I'll, I'll have to text him about it then yeah. and see if... Uh, 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 See if he stole it from somebody else. It's either Wes or Kyle Hansloven. It's one of the two. I'll have to text them. Yeah. I'll have to figure that out. Um, but no, you made a statement early on that was really uh, fits right in here is you don't want to start throwing rocks before you've got your own house in order. And it sounds like that's what you're trying to address is a yeah. lot of people are going to start pointing fingers at other people. And it's yeah. like, What's the, you point one finger at somebody else, you got three pointed back at you. Kind of, I know that's cheesy. Yeah. But. No, it's, it, it's one of those things that... Uh, it's really easy, right? So I sit, and as we were prepping for this episode, I kind of talked about this a little bit, but I sit on like the uh, various advisory councils for security stuff in the MSP space. And one of the first things that when one of these spins up, and there I've seen several come and go, uh, that gets asked is like, hey, we need a questionnaire for our vendors that we can follow, or hey, we need, uh, uh, we, we know, what can we do to per, to ensure that our vendors aren't going to get us all hacked? And yeah, you know, that's well and good, but like start with your own basic cyber hygiene. And then, uh, and then once you have that under, under wraps, then, you know, let's consider the third party risk there. And then just evaluate that risk, right? Like you, I was, I've had a couple vendors like looking to get me to do things recently, right? And I won't, you, you really have to provide a lot of value right now for me to install another agent on systems I manage, right? Because every agent I run is a tax surface, right? And while you guys can inject email into people's boxes and that's pretty terrifying and pretty terrible, it's a lot more terrible, terrifying to me when I have, uh, you know, the several thousand systems I have under management uh, with a uh, an agent on it that if that gets hacked can just, Boom! Every everyone is done, right? So you know, I really, really just pay attention to your own risk and consider what would happen if the the, the providers uh, do it, and consider the maturity of them too, right? Like I'm, uh, I won't name names here, but there's uh, a newer vendor in our space that uh, they they require an agent to do their work, and I pulled apart their software product, and it was uh, really terrible, and I called them out on it, and it turns out the person that had written the agent running on the end-user systems, this was their first project they'd ever written outside of uh, college. And so this is like a new developer that's writing software that's running his like NT authority system on end-user workstations, and there were issues with it. And so while... I think MSP shouldn't ignore the third-party risk. They should consider it as part of a, a, a broader spectrum, and they should inventory, you know, their service providers and what they have access to, and and then just address them as needed. So, other than taking stock of your own risk uh, and inventorying and classifying it, what are some ways that that MSPs can reduce this risk, this third-party risk, or prevent it? Uh, you should be asking questions to your vendors, right? Like uh, uh, there are various certifications out there. Uh, I think you had mentioned earlier that you guys are going through SOC 2, right? That's one of them. ISO yep. 27001 is another one, right? Like ask your vendors what security frameworks they adhere to and what they use to ensure separation of duties and all the other things that come with being a good uh, a good partner. And, you know, just 
understand that. So don't don't ignore it. Don't pretend third party risk doesn't exist. Right. And and ask those questions uh, of your providers, I guess. Ask those questions. There was one thing you had mentioned earlier that I wanted to touch on, which was um, when the the most secure an end user will ever get is the least security the MSP has for themselves or can provide for themselves. You've, you made some statement like that. Like uh, end users will only be as secure as the MSP is because the MSP yeah. has to, to, keys to the kingdom. Yeah. They, they got everything. What, what kind of questions is it fair for a client to ask you? What would you like to see? Pretend you're going, you're getting a new client on board. Yeah. Do what you, would you think is fair? Uh, do you use uh, uh, role-based access control for your users, right? Like do your end users have administrative accesses to your systems? Do you, how do you, how do you do credential management to ensure that, uh, that somebody doesn't have access to uh, the passwords to my systems, things like that. They're, they're common sensey things. Uh, and I, I think you can start there and then, and then go deeper if you need to. One, um, one thing that a lot of other guests have uh, recommended is if you have no idea where to start, start at a framework yep. and go from there. Yep. And they always, they always land on CIS yeah, controls, yes. but 800-171 is another very yeah. common yep. one. Or, or uh, NIST CSF is another common one. I, we all land on CIS because CIS is prescriptive. So they tell you what to do, not just they tell you specifically what to do. If you use their benchmarks, they don't just tell you what to do like NIST uh, NIST 171 will say, you should ensure blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it doesn't tell you what you have to do to actually ensure that. So you're always stuck guessing, am I doing yeah. that or not? Right. Whereas CIS will give you a, like, do these things and you're meeting this control. Yep. No, I, I completely agree. And it's separated out nicely into IG one, two, yeah. and three, so that you can kind of take stock. Am I, you know, top class in terms of my own security posture or am I just getting started yep. or, or whatever it depends on the, the educational the ability of the, the people going through it. Yep. hundred percent. What's, um, what's some last, last piece of advice you'd give to folks listening on third party risks or how to prevent it or understand it? Yeah. I mean, again, it's just a, a matter of, uh, threat model internally, right? Like what does it like consider what it looks like if each of your vendors gets hacked, right? And and yeah. don't necessarily consider them the boogeyman because uh consider what it looks like when that vendor gets hacked. If the vendor has a, their own supply chain incident or a threat actor in their systems, or it should really be no different than if you internally have a hack, right? Like so we run on on site automate I don't care if ConnectWise gets hacked or I don't care if my Automate gets hacked. My actions are the same. Plugs coming out of the wall. Right? Like <laughs> it's, it's getting disconnected until we can do forensics on it and look at it, right? So you need to have a plan. Your instant response plan should address each of those, uh, each of those things. So having, having some kind of incident response plan both and separate between internal versus yeah. third-party yep. uh, hack would be great. I think that's a good would, idea. I'd give one piece of advice. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. Um, some people, for whatever reason, some MSPs, they just won't ask questions of their vendors because maybe they think they'll, they'll react badly in a certain way. It is always fair game to ask about the security posture of any person you intend to get into business with. And if they're not open and transparent, I would, I would consider that uh, one of your acceptance criteria and it should probably yeah. be reason for you not to work with them. I, I would agree with that. Like it's fair game to ask for uh, any audit reports, right? Like in some, some companies will make you sign an NDA to get them, which I think is total crap, by the way. Like, I don't know why you're hiding those behind an NDA, but I think it's fair game to ask for them for sure. Yep. Awesome. 
Well, folks, thanks for listening, Jason. Thanks for coming on yep. today. Um, this was a blast. I actually learned a lot about third party risk. I'm a third party myself. Well, what I learned today, everyone is not only a third party, mostly, but also everyone has their own third parties. Yep. It's like everyone's in between. Nobody's the bottom link in the supply chain or the top. Yeah, link. no, there's there's uh, that one guy that wrote that very first program and every single program then is it is a descendant of that program, right? So he may not have any supply chain risk, but all the rest of us do. Absolutely. Everyone, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Once again, I'm your host, Connor, CEO at Finn. You joined us for another episode of Gone Fishing. And we had the wonderful Jason Slagle, whose contact information will be in the show notes below. So feel free to reach out to him and ask any wonderful questions. Sweet. Thanks for joining, Jason. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about creating high-quality security awareness training campaigns that engage employees and change their habits, then check out FinSecurity at phinsec.io or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for fishing with me. See you next time.